0: Welcome everyone to the Russell show. I'm your Russell Chaudhry. I can't wait to jump into today's podcast episode episode number 135. We have a special guest Heidi Herman. So in this episode, we'll discuss with the Heidi, the topic of the over 50s, do more and move more. So don't forget to subscribe, leave a review on a podcast. Let's dive in. Hi, Heidi. Thank you so much for joining me in this podcast episode. Really appreciate it. How are you today?
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I am doing fabulous. It's a beautiful day here. So yeah, I'm happy to be a part of this.
0: Yeah, the pleasure is mine. Uh, thanks for your time. And I know you've been on a holiday and coming back now, i refreshed and everything. <laughs> and yeah, super <laughs> excited to have a conversation with you.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, very refreshed and uh, looking forward to this.
0: Yeah, that's great. I, I know like you work with like a different demographic of people like over 50s and you have like passion for that topic which is over 50s do more move more so how did you come up with the concept of like uh that topic
1: yes it it really started with my mom and she was always such a vital, outgoing, just spur of the moment, let's have some fun type of person, always willing to say yes to a new adventure. And I kind of grew up with that attitude and outlook towards work Uh, throughout my career. I sort of lost that a bit and Mm -hmm. became one of these people that is very focused on working 60 or 70 hours a week. And there comes a time when you realize that you kind of lost some of that love of life and you're so concerned with making a living, you sort of lose sight of making a life.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. So having time with my mom after she wrote her memoirs of growing up in Iceland, that Mm -hmm. kind of inspired me to do a little bit more Um, writing and uh, publishing a few books and the more she and I spent time together more and more people started to really focus on her and her age and how vital and outgoing she was (laughs) yeah At, at that point in time she was 92 oh wow and still running around and having fun and um, uh, she she realized more and more she needed to uh sort of use that and yeah. help motivate people. And when she was 93, she did a year-long project of 93 things that she had never done before in her life.
0: Wow. <laughs> 93.
1: <laughs> and and <laughs> who could even say that at 40 to I be know. able to come <laughs> up with 40 things you've never done before and actually do them. In a single year.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
1: So she did that. Um, and we had a lot of fun with 93 things that ranged everything from dyeing her hair red to tasting kohlrabi to going to a wildlife park and petting a pig. <laughs> so <laughs> um, as, as part of that, um, she followed up. With writing a book on right. these 93 things. Yeah. And once that was done, I I personally really felt like there was a, a deeper message there where it's great when you can look at someone else and yeah. say, wow, that person is amazing. And how motivating is that to see them? But until we can have sort of the the steps to emulate that and do that in our own life it really becomes this motivational thing that we read for a moment and then we sort of walk away from
0: yeah and how long did it take to finish the book (coughs) pardon me no problem
1: um it was about uh six months of working on it okay And I really just took a lot of memories of spending time with her and looked to figure out a way to let people have this roadmap that they could actually apply to their own life. Yeah. And whether it's um, encouraging someone to do something that's a little out of character. And, you know, maybe you're not super comfortable in the water. And maybe that can lead to taking lessons to swim to kind of deal with that anxiety or taking a walk outside and just enjoy the simple pleasures and Picking some apples and then going through the process of making an apple pie from scratch. Working mm-hmm. activity and new things into your life for areas of enjoyment that you've either never considered before or yeah. going back to childhood and remembering some of those activities and hobbies you used to love as a kid that you sort of lost sight of,
0: you know? Yeah, yeah. And we have like a, a cultural tendency, like after over 50, 60 years old, people stop dreaming about life, right? The big goals, big dreams, it just fade away and they doubt themselves and doesn't want to do something, doesn't want to move anything. And just like, where's my retirement coming? Then even the retirement hits in, they're more depressed and <laughs> they feel like, like they don't want to live anymore, right? The depression hits in because they don't they don't know doing anything. So like uh, with your way of looking at things, like do you see like if someone got some kind of goals or vision or moving towards something actually makes them happier if someone is over 50, 60 years old?
1: I, I think it does, yes. Because you you really touched on the core issue there. Yeah. When, when we are working and whatever type of job or career that you have during say 20 To 50. You focus on that and it becomes your identity. When you meet somebody at a party, you know, when you're in actively in your career, the first thing somebody says is, Hi, what's your name? And then the second thing is, what do you do? Mm -hmm. Those two things define you. And it becomes, you know, a part of your personality, who you are, what you talk about, where your friends are, the community that you associate with it becomes such a part of you when you retire. It's not just, oh, I'm no longer an office manager, but it's the focus of your day. It's the people that you socialize with. Mm -hmm. It's your sense of purpose and everything tied to your ego. Like if, if I am a great office manager, people constantly come to me to solve problems, to help them find something, to fix something that's been broken. Right. And once you retire, you lose sort of that whole ego, uh, what you're good at, what your purpose in life is, and all your friends, your reason for getting up in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So we we think about retirement and we work towards it and we're looking forward to it. And we always plan the money, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. But
1: we plan what to do with the day. Like
0: the house and that's all. But you don't really actually thinking about mental well-being, right?
1: Exactly. And so that, that becomes kind of a big stress point. Once you hit that first day of retirement, you relax. Oh, yeah, life is going to be great. It's going to be fun. But after the first couple of weeks, you start scratching your head and say, well, Okay,
0: now what? <laughs> yeah, it makes you miserable, isn't it?
1: Yeah, you, you really have to focus on, okay, um, what am I now? What am I to do now? And yeah. if you think about it, what, what are the, the main things that we're born with? Mm. Uh, everything that is instinctual when we're a kid is enjoying the life, um, being curious, learning things, having fun, playing, laughing, talking yeah. with people. That's all the basis of our existence when we're a child, right? Yeah. And then when we go to school and when we become an adult, the things that we learn are how to work, how to have you a know, strong work ethic, our mm. skills of our job, communicating with people, interacting, playing politics. All those types of things, and then once we retire, yeah, now we're like, okay, do we go back to being a kid again and having fun and just playing every day? Oh my goodness, how do you reach back forty years and remember how to do
0: that? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> or should we use our skills and put them into maybe part-time work or a second career or volunteering? Mm. And there's no right answer for everybody. Um, what what works for me may not work for you. Yeah. And I think that becomes the core focus for every person to figure out if you truly are maybe an alpha type personality and you love to work and you just really get that you know mental high from yeah. success and, you know, accomplishing <laughs> things. Maybe the volunteering path is what will provide you purpose in retirement. You mm. know, mentor young businesses, volunteer with the community or a chamber of commerce or, you know, something like that. Whereas yeah. somebody else, hey, if, if you're all about having fun and enjoying, you know, maybe take a three-month road trip and explore the outdoors. And maybe that's your purpose.
0: Yeah, it's an individual thing, right? And so obviously I wanna hear more about your mom's story. Like when she got the project, when she was 92 years old, 93 years old, and what differences did you see like on her, like when she going through the process of writing her book? Is there any positive experience that she had? Like, obviously she got out of the broad boredom and everything, right? She was looking forward to something.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. My mom's life was very interesting. She she was born and raised in Iceland. Um, right. All of her family back for generations, a thousand years, <laughs> were all from Iceland. Okay. She met my father during yeah. World War II and they got married, moved to the United States. hmm she had ten children, right. so she was a mother for probably twenty five years as yeah. as a full time focus. <laughs> yeah, and then became an entrepreneur. She was an interior designer, had her mm-hmm. own business, and went through that for another twenty years. You know, so when she right. got the age of being that eighty five to eighty eight years old, that's when she really started to slow down a bit. Mm-hmm. And focused on writing. Okay. And she went through a correspondence course to learn how to write. Right. Uh, and it's just something she really wanted to do. She never learned how to type using a mm. keyboard, so she had the two finger method, <laughs> and she typed over two hundred thousand words using wow. the two finger method. So wow. It, it really tells you when, when somebody has that motivation and that focus of something they want to do, yeah. they want
0: find a way to do it. Definitely. It's a proper determination, isn't it?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And, and, and once she wrote that, she just became so inspired to share her story mm-hmm. of growing up in Iceland and just the, the culture and mindset of Iceland. So All once right. you finish the book, She participated in a lot of Scandinavian events, a lot of uh, presentations. She loved doing um, talks at libraries and travel. So all of that was just really fun for her. And one thing sort of fed into the next. And that's really where I see that the lessons come in
0: Mm -hmm.
1: is how you can allow one thing to kind of snowball into something else
0: yeah interesting so for who so your mom always been like an active person isn't it like until she's like 85 years old then she slowed down and that actually being active and moving towards something all the time like gave her that kind of lack of purpose and everything. So she found a purpose, what to do next and always been doing something. So we oftentimes I mentioned earlier as well on the podcast. We oftentimes give up on our life on a 50-60. We things like we we don't want to do anything else. We're supposed to be in a retirement and sitting down and we've been talking about it after that you get bored, miserable and etc. How do some can someone can find like the purpose? Because purpose is something like have to come from within because we can both can talk all day long and someone's not going to create the purpose how they can identify their purpose what they need to be doing next probably they're successful on the career they where they are they they wanted to be and achieved everything right now but what's the next thing they sh- they can pursue
1: that you're you're absolutely correct. It is a very personal um, decision for mm. for each one. And and I think a lot of people might be able to look at the choices that they've made in their life. Uh, somebody who is very nurturing and uh, supportive to others, you know, maybe somebody who's been a teacher or in healthcare care or yeah. uh, a counselor those type of people probably and I'm gonna say probably because everybody has to decide for themselves yeah but those type of people probably would find satisfaction in continuing to do for others mm. and whether it's uh, maybe volunteering at a retirement home or at their local church or place of worship, you know yeah. maybe doing some volunteer work that way. Um, teachers, uh, I know like AARP, Uh, here in the States, has wonderful programs where retirees can work with third graders on Mm -hmm. teaching them reading skills. And that can be very, very rewarding um, to do something like that. Um, Other people might be, wow, I have worked so hard in my entire life, I am just ready to relax. But fully relaxing, sometimes you you tend to drift a bit and you feel like, you know, is that really living a purposeful life if all I do is plan on relaxing every day? <laughs> that can <laughs> be, yeah, that, that can be tough, but if you can find a way to marry two things together and I'm a big fan of that, mm. you know, doing more than one thing at once. So I love the idea of Habitat for Humanity has a program that supports the RV lifestyle, where you can find a project for Habitat for Humanity and work for them temporarily while you're living close by in your RV. So you can travel and yet have some purposefulness at (laughs) various different locations where you stop.
0: Yeah. Also, like you are traveling, right? You know, you're know, seeing different, different area, different people. You're meeting new people every time. That could be like another great way to look at, right?
1: Absolutely. And wherever you go, there's always somebody to interact with. And yeah. if you look around, there are very easy things that you can do, um, whether it's, working with a local library, donating books, doing local cleanup projects, Mm. um, working with uh, state parks or national parks. There there are all types of opportunities. Um, And that's that's what makes life fun is because especially if you can do short-term volunteer work, you can maybe figure out where your true passion and love lies
0: yeah a lot of people i've seen as well like over 50s they starting podcasts starting their youtube TikTok videos and they are super passionate about certain subjects but they don't know how to use that technology but there is a way to learn it as well <laughs> someone can help you your grandchild probably your own child and they can show you how to do things and you can share your own knowledge online and helping someone or you can interact with someone right
1: Exactly. That, that topic is so near and dear to my heart. Uh, it's a concept of, of multi-generational connection. And yeah. that's where you're deliberately bringing together those over 50 with some of that life experience or uh, expertise in a hobby or a specialty craft. And yeah. then the younger generation who can learn, but also some of their specialized knowledge on yeah. technology, and, um, that the two generations can so help each other and yeah. learn and everybody benefit from that relationship.
0: Yeah. And it's something to look forward to right every single day i've like to some kind of call booked you're talking to new people like how we are interacting right now through the podcast and i told my wife i'm never going to be retired because this is what i love doing and anyway even though i'm 70 80 90 whatever age that is i'm going to do what i love doing and i'm not going to get retired from it and i know like uh, i was in a bed rest last uh from april till may a couple of months i was in a bed rest because i diagnosed with ivd and i couldn't really actually do podcast or anything like that i couldn't really focus on my business i felt miserable because i didn't know how to schedule my time and everything waking up late and feeling like a proper depressed because of that time schedule and obviously when you have that kind of routine not in place you tend to be questioning yourself and obviously you can watch tv you can talk to your friends and family but after forever after like two three weeks later then you everything seems to be like a normal and get boring again so yeah looking forward to something you have in your mind then refreshes you and also it's good for well-being and that kind of thing is like mentally obviously is important for physically as well like if you don't move too often that so many illnesses come along and obviously high cholesterol, diabetes, some other kind of uh, illnesses comes after age 40, right? So how would you recommend someone like him doing more things on the physical as well?
1: Yeah, that all of that is is very good because movement is so key to our well-being, and it's not just exercise. I think too many people uh, fall into that. Oh my goodness, I have to stay active. I have to exercise. And it actually leads to injury. um, If you go too fast, Um, yeah, yeah. basic movement and allowing your body to just be active in a general motion sense. My mom used to call it uh, sititis when you sit too long and and your muscles kind of get stiff. And then when you go to stand up, oh, everything hurts. And uh, (laughs) she said that it was, it's kind of like you ever go driving around and you see an old abandoned car out in a field Mm. and it's all rusted up and the windows are all broken. And you know, for sure, if you go out there, first off, it's not going to start. Even if you get it running, you know, the wheels are all locked up and rusty But if you take that same make and model and you take care of it, just basic maintenance, maybe keep it in a garage, change Mm -hmm. the oil now and then. And then when you shine it up and take it out, it's going to start, it's going to drive. It's a beautiful old antique that probably is going to be worthy of a car show, but it's the same make and model as that old rusty thing that's left sitting out. (laughs) And you can be like that too. Uh, A person, you know, all you have to do is get up and move. Um, It's kind of funny how throughout our lives, we're so focused on efficiency and Mm. reducing motion because we need to move fast and we organize our kitchen so we can walk in and grab the coffee filters and put them in the pot. Maybe the cups are right there and everything is organized to have as little, Movement and wasted action as possible, right?
0: Yeah.
1: How cool would it be if once you retired, you reorganized your entire house to force more motion, right? So that way, every step that you take inside your house is actually encouraging motion and activity. My mom used to do what she called the microwave hop, and she believed that you should never sit and be stagnant and even that minute and a half when she was warming up her coffee in the microwave she would do some little motions move her arms dance a little jig and she called that her microwave hop just to (laughs) make use of those moments yeah um and it's there's a lot of science behind it actually that movement actually helps um uh your lung function, it helps your muscles get a little extra oxygen to them. Um, Even if you don't uh, do a major exercise routine, just movement, maybe a little walking, it strengthens Mm -hmm. your muscles. And when your muscles and your legs are a little bit stronger, then all of a sudden you reduce your uh, possibility of injury to falls. Um, helps your heart. It just it it clears your mind. It sharpens your mental functions. There's so many good benefits to just a little bit of activity and motion. And then, boy, if you throw in maybe some outdoor action, whether it's um, just gardening, maybe walking yeah. around the block, doing uh, going to the park and bird watching. Just that interaction with nature, the fresh air, vitamin D, all that just starts snowballing all kinds of benefits to you physically, mentally. And then that just bolsters you emotionally. And then boom, ah! all of a sudden, mentally, you start feeling more energetic Mm -hmm. and you want to do things. And so, yeah, just that one little start, just do one thing. And then all of a sudden it's going to start snowballing and then you start feeling a little bit better. And then maybe you can reach out and say, oh, so what hobbies do I miss doing? Or maybe what is it that I've always wanted to do that I've never done before?
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, making like them kind of changes actually works really, really well. Because otherwise he wouldn't do anything, right? <laughs> you find exactly. like, so many excuses not to move. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a great way to look at definitely. So yeah, Heidi, uh, we're coming to the end of this podcast. It's been great having a conversation with you. We can go on for a long, long time. But yeah, coming to the end of the podcast, so those who's listening, if anyone wants to learn more about you, your work, where's the best place to, to find you?
1: Uh, my website is HeidiHermanAuthor.com uh h-e-i-d-i, h-e-r-m-a-n, author.com. And that lists all of my books and also several of my mother's because mm-hmm. her life and everything that she done has been so impactful to me that is definitely part of the message that I'm sharing that people can continue to be motivated by her and maybe find a little more activity and motivation in their own life that they can impact others
0: yeah that's great so yeah thank you so much for your time really appreciate it i wish you best of luck with your life and your career as well and you have a wonderful day ahead thank you so much i appreciate your time as well it's been such a pleasure being here with you today no problem really appreciate the pleasure is mine so that's a wrap guys thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode i hope you got some value from it and enjoyed the episode so those who's listening if anyone is interested to reach out to haiti go visit our website also reach out on our social media platform as well and until then i'll talk to you in the next episode thank you